This is the Cine Snob Podcast. Welcome to episode 147 of the Cine Snob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Cody, it is a big day in Hollywood. It is the uh, Oscar nominations mm-hmm. uh, were released. Uh, we uh, kind of accidentally backed into doing a show today because we got d- delayed last uh, last night. Normally we record on Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's pretend that it's um, it was the plan all along. Yeah, I mean, that's a, in some inside baseball that uh, not a lot of people need, which yeah. you just gave them. So. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, before we get to the Oscar nominations, it's our, it's our first show of the year, and it's our first show back from um, a little tiny break where you went to the Houston Film Critics Society Awards. I did, yeah. Um, and uh, I had not been in a few years. Um, I think it was four years, based by your Facebook post of a uh, of was some it, neck- was the last time you went when you went with with Kiko and I. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So it had been. I think it had been four years. Yeah. Um, so um, it was good to go back. You know, we vote every year. We have representation with our voice, but we can't always be there. And it's you know, it was on a Thursday night. Uh, the day after New Year's, so uh, the logistics of it were difficult, but I was able to sneak away for uh, a day and um, and check out the awards show, which I have to say is a um, was quite impressive um, and and in quite the leap from the last time we were there or I was there. Well, it's a it's a uh, a different venue this time, I believe, the Museum of Fine Arts, Houston. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. I think before we were at, uh, I believe it was the Match Theater. We were at the. Well, you might have been. Last Kiko time I was and, there, I'm sorry. Yeah, Kiko and I were there. Yeah, last time I was there, I was at Sundance Cinemas. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's a it's a major technical undertaking, um, anyway. And then it's um, every now and then there's uh, you know like every award show there's some equipment failure and this and that. But it's always a good time. the 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 last time I was there, I think I mentioned this that Mattress Mac was there. Mm-hmm. Or no, uh, he wasn't there, but he had donated a. Uh, a movie poster from the movie he produced, that Sidekicks movie with uh, Chuck Norris and Jonathan Brandis. That's right. Yeah. I think was, you told me about that. Yeah. It was like a silent auction item. Um, so uh, what uh, re- – refresh my memory. What won Best Picture at the Houston Film Critics Society Awards? Uh, we gave it to Parasite. Ah, uh, yes. That is correct. I recall that now. Yeah, there were some there were some good uh, good awards, and uh, you know, there's nothing that I walked away being embarrassed from, which is always good, um, unlike some of the Oscar nominations today. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, I, it, so Parasite won Best Picture, um, Bong Joon Ho won Best Director. I can't remember all the awards off the top of my head, but um, but yeah, it was it was a uh, uh, and I think we appropriately gave it to Adam Driver for Best Actor, who I think is maybe going to fall short in the Oscars, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I was ha- really happy with that one, and and then there was just some great little touches to the show that I thought um, were really great. So um, just three in particular I wanted to highlight because I think it does set us aside um, a bit. Uh, the first one was for the Best Original Song uh, nominees. They had local musicians from there in Houston perform like snippets of each of the nominees live. Oh, oh that's cool. That's that uh, didn't happen last time I was there. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. So they they each performed the the uh, like a snippet of a nominee, and then the uh, they performed a full length version of the winner. So in this case, it was uh, Glasgow from Wild Rose was the winner, and mm-hmm. so we got a full performance of that, which was cool. Um, the second thing that was cool was uh, this was the first year we ever had the stunt 
performer or the stunt team coordination team um, award and to kick it off and inaugurate the award um, Hal Needham's wife was there yes um, and uh, and she gave a great speech and and, and also a great um, montage video that Travis Lehman's one of the members of HF uh, <clears throat> excuse me HFCS was um, uh, did did a great montage of like stunt work throughout the years. Um, and I think you can even find his videos online. I think he puts his montages up online. Um, mm-hmm. And then the uh, the Roger Corman lifetime achievement was pretty cool. Um, that was a they, that was a big deal. Um, Roger there. Corman was actually in attendance. He correct? was yes, yeah. and we gave him this really badass sculpted <laughs> award. Um, it's like a little film ca- film camera man. Yeah, like a film camera monster type yeah. thing. Uh, very cool. It was the front of our programs that were printed out. The the statue, which I think will probably live on, is our mascot for, for for you know the the foreseeable future. So you know those were some great moments that I really liked. It was cool. It's always cool to have the consulates there um, to talk about foreign films. Um, that's been a yearly tradition that that was that was there again this year. Uh, the tech work was great. I think there was like one slide out of place out of the entire thing, and uh, and it was kept to a tight time frame it didn't run over um all of the tifa um nominees were in attendance which is the first time that's ever happened um so that was a cool thing too which is the texas independent film award which is an award that our society gives out for the best movie that was either financed or shot here in texas um and uh independent film and so um yeah, I I, uh, I I had a great time, and it was nice to see the Houston folks again, and a great after party where they had free hot dogs and cocktails and <laughs> uh, popcorn and and stuff like that. So um, yeah, all in all, a really good time. Yeah, I I want to make it back someday. A Thursday is tough. Yeah, <laughs> for a uh, you know for for I th- I believe the last time it was on a Saturday or Sunday that I was that I was able to go, and we you know we went and kind of made an, a little vacation of it because who wants to drive back? Well, we um, did the first time we went. No, I <laughs> we know that that sucked. <laughs> I had to drive because neither you jerks wanted to. You were both scared. Yeah, no, we 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 uh we made you do it. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember well. And then I took you to the. We ended up stopping at the scariest white power gas station. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you're friends with us on Facebook, you could see there's a post of us uh, uh, shared from five years ago that that has a. Uh, a uh, a gas station selling uh like i guess crocodile teeth necklaces with confederate flags on them yes like and yeah. this is like just this is like just west of houston like it wasn't even like in the middle of nowhere yeah we weren't in the country we were right off the highway <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, scary uh yeah very very cool um again that's uh um usually held right around the beginning of the year every year I believe this is. Yeah, I think this was earlier than normal, I believe. Yeah, because I seem to recall it being not quite like after the the day after New Year's, but, um, you know, it is what it is. And, it you know, for for a show that's put on by people that most of most people that are in the society are, are, you know, professionally involved with, um, you know, broadcast or radio or print somehow. And uh, to throw together an award show like that is no easy feat without having like a dedicated crew and. Yeah, and the fact that everyone's donating their time and energy to to put on the show and, you know, from the people putting together the programs to the people creating the videos to programming the show um, to, you know, it's just a it's just a huge undertaking. And this year it went off without a hitch. 
and uh and it was really great to see um such a successful event uh that I feel you know I wish that more people would you know pay attention to to that kind of thing because I think because it's really truly what sets our society apart I think we're one of only maybe two regional critics groups that has a full-blown awards show yeah yeah no it's very it's very cool and the partnership with the Museum of Fine Art Houston helps a lot too um it's a very um what I understand a very nice venue so uh let's move on to Oscars uh the uh nominees for the Oscars were released early this morning Cody and there is a lot to talk about yeah um, mostly, um, has been, has been our mantra on this show since October. Fuck Joker. That's getting harder and harder to, uh, to have that opinion these days. Meanwhile, Joker, uh, leading the pack with 11 nominees, uh, excuse me, 11 nominations, uh, including the biggies, uh, best picture, best actor, best director, best, uh, adapted screenplay. Um, Jesus. Um, so other than that, what's your gut reaction to to these nominees as a whole? Well, I think it, it's, you know, as a whole, I think that I, I it's, it's bad news for anything that's not Joker, to be quite honest with you. I think if I had to guess, I think I would think that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is maybe the front runner right now, right this second. Um I disagree with that. I think it's something else. I think it's 1917. I, I would I would normally agree with that, but 1917 is also missing acting nominations. It's uh, uh, it does have some technical stuff, um, but but I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood checks a lot of those boxes. I would not be surprised to see Parasite walk away with something. I mean, obviously, other than mm. best you know um, international. best international film. Um, I mean, specific things that i just you know that i was monitoring i think it's a bummer that neither eddie murphy nor adam sandler made the cut for best actor yes i was hoping for i was hoping for one or the other i i didn't really care which one because I, I i think they're both great performances and uh and instead you know banderas and jonathan price got in there and, and i'm not the biggest two popes fan i actually haven't that's the the one i haven't caught up on yet because it hadn't gotten a lot of buzz and i just had a bunch of other stuff on my plate and then bam both price and uh hopkins get nominations yeah and and that bums me out that at the i mean it's, it's a good performance from price and i believe that price is better than hopkins in the movie and antonio banderas probably gives a career best you know best actor was stacked this year and it was always going to be stacked and someone was going to be on the outside i just thought one of those two guys would get in um, yeah, I, I mean, I would have picked either one of them over Jonathan Price, and I might have honestly left Leo out, DiCaprio. Yeah, I, mean, I could see that. I mean, I, I think he's good, but I mean, I, I still think it's Brad Pitt's um, performance that carries that movie. But yeah, for sure, I agree with that. And then you know, one thing that that really truly upsets me is the farewell getting completely shut out, um, <laughs> especially for Aquafina. I think is the biggest. Um, sort of unfortunate casualty of that. Um, yeah, she who just I thought... she just won the Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy, whatever bullshit category that. Yeah, means, but... <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, and and I think it's just one of those things where uh, it, it's it's unfortunate that she got left out, and that movie kind of, you know, that movie was a really strong front runner for a long time, and for some reason it just. It, it maybe it came out too early. Maybe eight, 
A24 didn't push it as hard as maybe they were pushing other things. I, I don't I don't really know what had happened there, but what I do know is that it could have easily had a act, best actress, best supporting actress, best screenplay at the very least, and I honestly thought it would get into best picture, um, but it did not. And instead of, of that, um, I'm a little surprised to see Ford versus Ferrari as a best picture nomination. <laughs> that that really surprises me too. Uh, it's it seems like one of those things that um, I, I don't know. I've heard people call it like the ultimate dad movie. And mm-hmm. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, but it, it's it's it is kind of the real outlier in the whole thing, uh, because the rest of them there's nine nominees. They'll never get the. Why will they never do ten? I I don't know. Uh, they can honestly, do, they can do nine, and they do nine all the fucking time, but they they can never get to the ten that they're allowed to get to. Oh, by the way, one other quick thing is that, man, I swear. <laughs> If you want to know, uh, if you want any insight into documentary feature, take the movie that's supposed to win the award and then throw them out completely <laughs> to not get nominated. Yes, again, because with Apollo 11. Apollo 11 was supposed to run away with the award, and it is not nominated. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, what was, uh, uh, what the fuck is it called? Won't You Be My Neighbor? Won't You Be My Neighbor? And then there was one before that. Uh, it was the um, the Jane Goodall documentary was oh, supposed yes. to run away with it, and then it was not nominated. That category is insanely hard to predict, um, which is which blows my mind. But um, look, th- this is all building towards one thing here, which is the giant elephant in the room, um, which is how insane it is that the Joker or Joker has I, – I, I will concede to you, actor – and I will concede to you cinematography. And I will even concede if you want to have best picture in there, fine. I mean, I don't agree with it, but fine. But the fact that this movie has a screenplay nomination <laughs> for a screenplay that that is terrible, like a truly awful script. And, 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 and the direction is terrible. And, like, I cannot believe that Todd Phillips got in over – any number of people, but especially getting in over uh, Ryan Johnson, I think is a big snub. If you're going to Noah Baumbach, you right. could have given it to. You could have given it to Greta Gerwig. You could have given it to yeah, yeah. to uh, to um, Taika Waititi. You could have. I mean, like there were so many options there, and I just can't, it just and and it, it it's what makes me very scared about these awards because not only is it the most nominated film but it's got all of those check boxes of like the ones that typically win best picture mm-hmm. are all, are typically nominated for like director and editing and um and and a couple others and and it just it is crazy to me that we're walking away here with it having 11 Oscar nominations and like you said earlier now the most Oscar nominated comic book movie like think about this compared to Logan and and how much better of a movie Logan is, and Logan had what one Oscar nomination for screenplay, and yeah. that's it. Well, you know, the 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 popular theory, and it's it's all but confirmed that creating ten Best Picture uh, nominee slots as opposed to the original five was done after The Dark Knight. Um. However, nothing has really kind of crested that. I think Black Panther got a kind of cursory nod last year. Because um, I think I liked Black Panther. I mean, I don't think it was anywhere near Best Picture. Um, was that last year? No. Black Panther was t- two years ago, I think. Two right? years ago. I don't remember. 
No, it came out in 2018, so it, it um, the Oscars for 2019. Yeah, so it was yeah, it was last Oscars. Um, maybe fuck, I don't remember. Shit, time flies when you're getting old. Um, but you know this that this film, and and, and look, I will grant you this film is like perfectly engineered to be divisive and i don't think it meant to be but this thing is like a razor's edge it it walks a razor's edge of you're gonna think it's fucking stupid or you're gonna think it's some brilliant subversive uh nihilistic piece of you know like piece of art yeah and i don't know that there's anything else that has come close to that in a long time and you know i i joke um, saying that it fooled a lot of people, but it seems to really have kind of done that. You know, I, I don't think it's um, necessarily uh, anywhere close to as deep as it thinks it is. And I don't think it understands its own message. But somehow we're here with it being nominated for 11 Oscars. And, and, uh, and not only that, but for things that I feel like a lot of people would say are objectively not good. Like... Like again, I can I can understand. A lot of people thought that this film was technically proficient, especially with the cinematography and the score. I'll give you that. I that's fine. I don't agree, but that's fine. Phoenix was always going to get nominated. I don't agree with that, but it was going to happen. But but like director and and screenplay just really really drive me nuts, and I can't. I I just it it, it makes me really upset <laughs> that 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 happens. And you know, there's 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 a lot of great stuff. You know, I think it's great that. Taika Waititi is now an Oscar-nominated screenwriter. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and and I think that there's, uh, you know, I I love that Parasite is is a is a foreign film that is now you know nominated for six Oscars. I think that's great. Even though Roma had a bunch of nominations last year, um, Parasite feels like a like it, it is a different type of movie, and I think that it's getting recognized. And I think you know there's so much about that that's great. I think it's cool that Scarlett Johansson had great roles this movie and she's doubly nominated i think that's cool like there's there's a lot of good stuff in here but but if 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 we walk away and we're watching the oscars and we start i start seeing joker winning stuff i'm I'm going to get upset (laughs) (laughs) look green book was bad enough last year that 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 if joker walks away with this if this is the if this is the comic book movie that crosses over and finally starts winning oscars like that i mean i don't I just don't know what's what to expect anymore. You know, I don't I don't have any kind of bearing on Oscars. I don't have any kind of bearing on the future of these R-rated like nihilistic comic book films. I, I just I don't know. I don't know anymore. Because like there are people whose opinions I respect that like this movie, like our our pal Kiko, you know? Yeah. He doesn't I mean, I wouldn't say he he loves it, but he doesn't dislike it. And there are people that I know that think it's brilliant. And I think that's completely wrong. Um, but you know, I I'll grant that it's a that for whatever reason it's a it's a special case, and I think it it has to do with how you you uh, process. You know, it's probably not fair because we see way more than everyone else does. You know, um, but when you can spot this sort of fakery that I think the the Joker is made up of, then it's then it's really disappointing. I mean, I look. I, again, I'm fine with with Joaquin Phoenix getting the Oscar nomination. It's one of those kind of textbook Oscar nomination performances where, you know, he lost a bunch of weight and acts like a fucking weirdo and shit. 
Um, but you know that at the expense of someone like Adam Sandler, who was really great, at the expense of Eddie Murphy, who I thought was wonderful in Dolomite is my name. Um, and then other things like you mentioned, <clears throat> um, um, you know, Aquafina getting shut out of the Best Actress. I think you know I'd have probably given the uh, given it to her over Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story because I think I liked her better in Jojo Rabbit um, personally. Uh, but one, one thing I did notice and, uh, um, this, we talked about this, I believe on our top 10 show last time, the emergence of Netflix again, Mm -hmm. this is their, I think their, this is, has to be their best Oscar nomination, uh, tally so far. Um, I would, I think that's probably right. I mean, I don't don't have any, I mean, and they even got the, the kind of outlier surprise to me. Was Klaus the uh, mm-hmm. their original animated film, the Christmas film, uh, which got a best uh, animated feature nomination, which uh, I was really surprised by. I haven't seen the, the movie, but I've heard it's great, and it's like a two D animated hand drawn film, which is yeah. But I mean, if you look at picture and all of the acting categories, you have at least one Netflix performance. In every one of those categories, right? They have you have it in animated film, you have it in cinematography, you have it, uh, you have it in directing with Scorsese getting it. So they cracked basically every category. I mean, documentary feature they had American Factory um, in there. So like Netflix came to play this year <laughs> for sure. No, I, and I think it it it's it really speaks to them releasing movies that are both uh, crowd pleasing and award show pleasing you know i mean marriage story it's it's a it's not my favorite favorite movie of the year but it's a great movie and it's easy to crack you know you can sit down and watch it and you don't have to you know you don't have to be invested in some bleak drama like uh what was the like roma something like that you don't have to read subtitles or uh what was the the idris elba one the beast of no nation like it's they can make these middling kind of studio films that don't really get made anymore, and it it's a it's a it's a good sign I think because it they're finally actually paying attention to the films as opposed to just TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything uh, anything really really stand out to you as something that um, other than other than Joker is there like one big giant thing that you're like what the fuck? Um. No, I mean, I think, again, The Farewell, I think, was the biggest one, of, of at least of an omission. At least looking at the nominations, I don't think that there's any of those um, on the on the acting front, at least. Um, you know, I know that a lot of people were upset of the Jennifer Lopez snub, and I really, for, I, I'm uh, more than yeah. okay with that. I think that people were, people are overrating that performance quite a bit. Um, I, I think, I honestly think the biggest Example of that is Ford versus Ferrari. I don't, I don't understand that one. Where I, I don't know where it came from. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and again, there's there's the talk of the lack of diversity in the nominees. Yeah, uh, uh, which yeah, is, you know, something that is going to forever be a problem, apparently. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, when you have stuff left on the table that you could have, I mean, you if you want to make the argument that you that you should have given a director nod to Greta Gerwig over Todd Phillips. I wouldn't debate you on that. I think that's, Oh yeah. 100%. That's valid. Or Lulu Wong. In fact, probably I would have given it to over, over, um, over Phillips at the least. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I mean, the lack of diversity is going to be a problem. Though I think it's great that 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 Parasite was nominated for so many awards. I I wish that it would have had a like an acting nomination snuck in there somewhere. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to win anything other than than international film. I mean, it, it, if it's going to win that film that category, and it's not going to get anything else. I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. I I think that. I think it has an outsider's chance at picture. I really I do. Think, I think I think the best chance it has uh, at anything that's not international is director. I could see that, but I also think that Sam Mendes at this point probably has that. Yeah, locked down. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about that film here shortly, but um, yeah, I mean the the <clears throat> the real question is, I think with that is are are they ready to um, <clears throat> damn it. Uh, to uh, welcome uh, Bong Joon Ho to like like as a Hollywood director, like are they, are they ready to, for him to cross over? And I think that would be like the big, if I uh, big big sort of coronation thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe if I believed in narcissists like that that they need to award this guy the thing so he'll come work with them. But I don't know. I guess we'll find out. And in, in the relatively short turnaround time, this is the earliest Oscars. I mean, shit, it was basically in March for the past couple of years, and uh, they've got it way up to date. I think it's on, like, February 4th or something. I think it's the 9th. Um, yeah, you're right, the 9th. Yeah, because it's like Super Bowl weekend and then Oscar weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, blam, blam. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, um, in uh, in a month, we'll be bitching about Joker winning 11 Oscars. <laughs> Look, I mean, the, the thing that's going to piss me off the most is seeing Adam Driver lose to Joaquin Phoenix. I'm, I'm fully preparing myself for that, um, which is really going to piss me off. Well, my condolences in advance. Yeah, thank you. Let's go ahead and move on to reviews. Here are this week's reviews. First up, we have 1917. Colonel Mackenzie is in command of the second. He sent word yesterday morning he was going after the retreating Germans. He is convinced he has them on the run. That if he can break their lines now, he will turn the tide. He is wrong. Colonel Mackenzie has not seen these aerials of the enemy's new line. Come around here, gentlemen. Three miles deep, field fortifications, defences, artillery, the like of which we've never seen before. The second are due to attack the line shortly after dawn tomorrow. They have no idea what they're in for. And we can't warn them. As a parting gift, the enemy cut all our telephone lines. Your orders are to get to the second at Kwasi Wood, one mile southeast of the town of Akust. Deliver this to Colonel Mackenzie. It is a direct order to call off tomorrow morning's attack. If you don't, it will be a massacre. We will lose two battalions, 1,600 men, your brother among them. You think you can get there in time? Yes, sir. Okay, this film opened this week um, after being in limited release, 1917. Um, beat out Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, finally, to unseat it from the number one spot. Uh, and it got, uh, the Golden Globe, as we mentioned, for Best Drama. Got a bunch of Oscar nominations, uh, Best Picture, Sam Mendes, Best Cinematography, Roger Deakins. Uh, what did you think of 1917, Cody? So, a lot is being made of the, uh, one-take aspect and element of, um, of, of the film. Uh, the fact that it, it essentially, uh, plays out in one continuous shot. 
Um, right. and, uh, and, and I think that is the draw for a lot of people is, is seeing that, especially because Roger Deakins has never quite taken a crack at that. And, you know, he's known as one of the best cinematographers of our time. Um, so I think that coupled with, um, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's it's difficult to say because I I, I it it doesn't have any big actors in it other than in cameos, which uh which is funny uh because like every <laughs> every cameo is some like big British actor. Um, I, yeah, I, I think on a technical level, the film looks incredible. It looks beautiful. It's tense. Um, it uh it it it. it it, it it i mean the technical one take aspect of it or one shot it works i mean it really does work and it and it creates a, an interesting environment i think when you strip away the technical aspects of it i don't think there's a lot here um there's not a lot to the story there's not a lot of emotional pull in my opinion um and uh, and i found myself thinking that the whole thing was a little bit hollow um because it really is like a survivor's journey and that's sort of uh, the, 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 the crux of the film is, you know, two characters getting from point A to point B and that's essentially mm-hmm. the movie. Um, and I, and I, I was surprised to see it get a screenplay nomination cause I don't, it, it, I don't there's think not, it's, I mean, it's not that not there's, really anything to, yeah, to, sorry, go ahead. But yeah. And, uh, you know, I, a friend of mine had the best way of putting it. Uh, the, which still makes me laugh, and I think I told you, uh, but he referred to it as video game cutscene. The movie, uh, <laughs> that, I've I've seen that comparison several times. Like like every time uh, they stop for a Brit, uh, big British actor, that's the cutscene. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so and so it's essentially they cut to a big British actor giving some sort of either exposition or telling them where to go next or something like that. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it, it is, it's really funny because that's basically every, every, uh, every scene like that is like a video game cut scene. Like you just want to hit the button to skip forward to the action part. Um, and, and I think that that's where it, it lost me a little bit. I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. And I think it's a captivating visual story but i i never really felt for the protagonist of the movie i never really um found myself feeling tense on his behalf like really wanting him to make it through or like like i I had no emotional attachment to the character um or the characters in the movie and i think that as a result I, i walked away being impressed by it on a uh on a visual level but not really much else I, I'm I'm in the same exact boat as you are. I think that that the the characterizations are pretty thin. I mean, you got the guy whose whose brother is on the other end of this uh, mission, who's potentially walking into a trap in you know World War One, and uh, you know the French countryside, and they got to cross the French countryside to get to him before it's too late. Um, yeah, the the characterizations are you know that's it's the guy that has the brother and then the other guy like there's no there's nothing really to it you get some uh some pop-ins from i think the first big cameo is uh colin firth and then you get mark strong and then um somebody else i forget uh but yeah but then you're like oh they haven't they haven't shown benedict cumberbatch i know he's in this movie Mm -hmm. so by the time you get to that it's like okay but um yeah, I mean the technical thing. It's I mean it, it's it's gorgeous looking and it's amazing to watch. Um, it loses me though. There's I guess the halfway point of the movie, maybe a little further. I think where, I know what you're talking about. 
It, so there, you're first of all, you're told the mission's going to take six hours, and you um, have uh, you know you're you're watching what's supposed to be one take, and there's a point in the middle of it, I guess the middle of the film, where some time passes. Yeah, is that what you're the same thing you're talking about? It's shortly after that, right? So 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 like. But that kind of marks the beginning of it. Some time passes, and then there's this like detour off into, yeah. um, like a like a little side area with with like, interactions with some some French locals that I didn't like at all. I would I a hundred percent with you on that. I did not care for that entire sequence. I mean, it felt like a like like something I'd seen in every single war movie ever. Well, it also it also played like a a. a a disruption in the flow of things. I mean, it's, it's, it's pumping the brakes on a story that doesn't stop, like literally does not stop moving. Yeah. You know, for an hour or whatever. And then it sort of pumps the brakes to this detour that really like has no emotional punch at all. In my opinion, I don't, I, I just was, I found it to be completely emotionally flat. And Um, the only thing it feels like it does is pay off some weird, uh, thing earlier in the movie. Where uh, the soldier fills his canteen with something that's not water, mm-hmm. yeah, and that, and that's really the only payoff it feels like it has. I, I just don't get it. I don't get what's going on with that. I, I don't get why, after we've already had this pause in the film with the time jump, why it felt why Mendez feels like we need another little break right here. Because mm-hmm. because yeah. that scene the this the. The few spots leading up, a uh, few, excuse me, the few moments leading up to that is is pretty tense, and it's it's visually like captivating because it's dark, and then there's explosions and light and things, and then it stops for five minutes to, you know, talk to a French woman. Yeah. Um. You know, and then I don't think it ever really totally regained its momentum after that. Um. You know, and, and this is an unfortunate, um, unfortunate byproduct of the trailer. But you know that that big final shot mm-hmm. um, of of him running kind of perpendicular to the soldiers charging um, is the climactic shot, and it's already you already you've already kind of seen it, mm-hmm. which is it's that's just modern advertising. But I, I just felt like by that point I was not nearly as invested as I was in the first hour. Um, I was, in, and I think that's fair. But I think my bigger thing is that I was I was never really invested to begin with. That's and, true, and and I think that it's 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 it is maybe too simple of a story to play off as a giant war epic, and I think that at, when you have a war movie or a war epic or something like that, there's got to be there's got to be some sort of substance that ties you to the characters because they're if if you're trying to put in an emotional payoff, and this movie tries to put in an emotional payoff, if you don't give a shit about the characters because you're spending a few moments of them where they're just sort of normal people. I, I don't, there, there's nothing that really makes, and, and again, I think that George McKay, who's the lead actor in here, is good, but I also don't think that his character is particularly interesting in any way, and I don't think that it's designed to be that way. And, and maybe it's, you know, maybe that's the point. Maybe they're trying to show just anonymous soldiers who are part of war, blah, blah, blah. You know, like maybe that's the point. I just don't think that it makes for an engaging story that that wants me to care about the survival of a character. Yeah, and you know the um, 
the kind of one take gimmick of it, and it it is a gimmick, right? And we can agree on that. I would say in this context, in this particular example, yes, I would agree with that. So with that, you're not really afforded um, any time to get to know the characters in traditional ways that you would. Right. But, you know, but like I, a cutaway or a flashback or, or anything like that. And But I but I think that and, – and, and just to speak to that point as well and just talking about it being a gimmick to begin with, if it wasn't constructed that way, this movie would not be memorable. Oh, no, not 100%. I mean, it's 100% about the, the technique of it, and everything else is secondary. And, and I mean, it is a, it's a bravura take on this one-take thing, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. I mean, uh, you know, there's plenty of stuff that's done it. Birdman, uh, probably the most recent example that I can think of. Uh, but they even do it on TV shows. They do a lot of one-take stuff, like Daredevil had the one mm-hmm. um, on Netflix. But it's, this is the one-take film, and it's, it's clear it's 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 super engaging in that way yeah but i think um you know if you're just watching it for the technical stuff wondering how they did it i mean you know with special effects it's less and less um amazing if you know how it goes but um just the scale of 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 that undertaking is is impressive but it does so at the expense of any kind of characterization and real investment in anything because like you know the there's the the big final emotional payoff is supposed to be something touching but you don't know any of these fucking people Mm -hmm. you know you're watching you're watching everything from afar quite literally sometimes and it does doesn't pay off but you know what's your grade for 1917 i give it a b minus i think it's 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 a it's recommendable um i I just like i said I, i think once you look past the admittedly you know, gorgeous visual elements of it and the and the truly impressive technique that is there. It's I mean, it's a well crafted movie. There's no mistake about that. Yeah. I think once you look past that, I don't I don't think there's a lot underneath the surface. And I think it's mostly superficial and um and uh and, and even and even from a technical standpoint, I do think that the gimmick runs out of juice. Um for because I mean again, the gimmick runs out of juice when you go meet the French woman because there's nothing technical about that entire <laughs> sequence. So, yeah. you know, you either have to, in my opinion, you, you either have to make that technique be essential to the storytelling or you better have a flawless movie attached to it. Right. I, I'm going to give it a B minus also. It's one of those, um, like I, I can't, I can't in good faith, not recommend it because it, it's gorgeous to look at, but I, I just wish there was a little more substance to it. Something more than than the one take war epic, and and yeah, video game cutscene. The movie is is not going to leave my head anytime soon. <laughs> thinking about nineteen seventeen. This is your mission, <laughs> and then <laughs> and I mean literally like and especially like how the Mark Strong part plays off is truly a video game cutscene. <laughs> yeah, exactly, one hundred percent. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next movie, Just Mercy. You always taught me to fight for the people who need the help most. Your life is still meaningful, and I'm going to do everything possible to keep them from taking it. You don't know what you're into down here in Alabama when you're guilty from the moment you're born. God. Mr. McMillan. We done here. Mr. McMillan, please. I was just about to give up when I got a call from a Harvard lawyer looking to start a legal center for inmates on death row. I was in before he even offered me the job. 
You the lawyer? Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for driving all the way out here. Most lawyers barely make time to call. I can't believe you talked to all my people and said you're going to fight for me. I did. It mean a lot. If you go digging in those wounds, you're going to be making a lot of people very unhappy. When people care about a thing that much, they'll do anything to get what they want. When I first learned about all this, it was like looking at a river full of drowning people and not having any way of helping them. Now, this is uh, from director Destin Daniel Cretton, who did um, uh, Short Term 12. Was that on our was that on your top 10 of the decade, Cody? Um, it wasn't, but it didn't, it was, it would have been top 15 or 20 or so. It was on, it was on mine. And, um, this is, uh, him, uh, um, uh, was he, I'm sorry. He's, this is like his, his last film before the, uh, the, his big Marvel, uh, foray mm-hmm. with the Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So this may be the last movie he makes like this for a while. Who knows? Could be. Um, but yeah, this, um, this is clearly, uh, um, um, you know, the, the Oscar bait style movie. And, um, I personally think it's, um, you know, kind of, uh, uh, hindered by that formula, but what, what did you think of Just Mercy? Well, I'll, I'll keep my comments brief because I haven't seen this movie in two months. It's been, <laughs> it was one of the first screeners that we got and I watched it you know up front and then it took forever to come out so it is not fresh in my mind um what i can tell you from what i remember is that um it is a extremely generic uh you know like it is a it is a movie you have seen a hundred times i mean Mm -hmm. you know the exact beats of what's going to happen you know uh you know you know you know the story you know how you know, it's going to end, you know, I mean, it is a very familiar, uh, story. Now I, again, I don't necessarily know that you hold the story against the movie for being something you've seen before, but it, it's, it's just very by the numbers. And, um, and I think it's, it's, uh, uh, I, I don't think that there's necessarily any, any weak points on the cast part. Um, you know, I think Michael Michael B. Jordan uh, is probably the one I take away as being the most impressive. Um, Jamie Foxx is sort of in the background a little bit, I think. Um, and then Brie Larson is also a, sort of a you know Brie Larson's good in it, um, but she never really gets her character developed. She's just no. sort of there. She's just there, yeah. Um, and, and you know, I, I I I think that it is a competently made movie, and I think that it's it's perfectly fine. But there's just, I mean, it's, and it's hard, it's just generic, man. It's just, it is, it is like it was created uh, by a computer to try to, like, tug at your heartstrings and and win an Oscar, Um, which obviously it fell very short of those goals um, today. Uh, But, uh, yeah, it just feels like a a, a completely fine awards swing that just, that just exists, right? I don't think anyone will be talking about this movie um, on any yeah, I mean, yeah, it's level. not it's not any kind of un you know uh, gem that was ignored like something like short term twelve was years ago. But it, it's look, it's it's an important story, right? The idea that there are people on death row that are innocent, and especially true in the South where there are um, you know. Um, a disproportionate number of black men jailed and on death row for perhaps crimes they didn't commit. 
and this movie is about the the justice uh, that one lawyer seeks. It's based on a true story. Um, but God damn it, could it have not been? Could it have been less generic? I mean, is there a way to have? I mean, could it could it not have been told in a way that you wasn't so predictable? I mean, the only thing it was missing was like white guy who doesn't like minorities who comes around so, and softens oh, up. But I mean, uh, uh, you know, the the character, of the sheriff. I mean, it's as close as you get to like this the 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 evil white racist. <laughs> um, and he for some reason he's sitting with the prosecutor or with the DA at a trial. I don't. I've never seen that. I don't know why the the sheriff would be with the district attorney. But anyway, um, I mean, there's even I mean, look. I was predicting lines in this movie, <laughs> and, and that sucks because the, so there's a scene where the movie takes place. I I believe in like 1987. Something like that, somewhere in the late eighties, early nineties, and there's a line, there's a scene where they fax an appeal to the Supreme Court or to the to the state Supreme Court, I believe, and they're they're in the office. It's it's Michael B. Jordan, Brie Larson, and another character I don't remember, a woman that works in the office. They send the fax, and uh, the woman whose name I don't remember says, "Now what?" And 100%, I said, we wait in my head. And that's exactly what fucking happened. Because <laughs> Michael B. Jordan says, we wait. Like, Jesus, this this movie is so cookie cutter. It's disappointingly cookie cutter. Uh, because, it, you know, it's there's nothing there's nothing really wrong with it. Other than it, it takes zero chances. And, and offers zero surprises. You know, I mean... It's, it, the, the, there, you have seen this a million times. Like I can't, I can't, uh, you know, pinpoint every single thing. But you're watching this, and you're like, I've seen this before. I know how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's it's not the fault of the story that it's predictable, but it's at least it at least could have been told in a way that that maybe had some some different take on it. You know, like a. Um, <sighs> You know, I I don't want to say that it it needs a point of view from the people that um you know other than the the guy who was put in jail wrongly, but it it doesn't have that point of view you know, because there's still a crime committed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's a touchy thing. You know the and there's a, a a pretty high profile Texas case right now. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. There's a guy named Rodney Reed who allegedly killed, well, is was convicted of killing this woman in the late nineties. And, um, evidence points to the fact that he didn't actually do it. Mm-hmm. And his, his, um, his execution has been indefinitely stayed by the Supreme court of the United States. And, but the other, the, the other end of that is there's still a family that the crime was committed on. Right. And that now that that sentence is vacated and there's no, there's still a criminal out there. It's a, it's a question the movie doesn't really seem interested on in answering or at least acknowledging, mm-hmm. um, which is something that's a little that, that could probably added some some depth to the story. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to I don't want to say that it should be about, um, you know, the bad guys, but these aren't the bad guys. These are the people that had the crime committed against them and the evidence at whatever the time pointed at this guy. So now there's just an unsolved crime out there. Mm-hmm. Um you know, that could have given it some depth. It could have given it something else other than than exactly what you were expecting. 
Right. And and I think that's just the most disappointing aspect of it. Because I, I I love Michael B. Jordan still. Um, Jamie Foxx is good. Uh, although I'm not sure how old he's supposed to be. Right. I can never, really t- <laughs> I can never tell. Um, Brie Larson's fine. Um, you know, there's some other uh, performances that are all right. Um, uh, Tim Blake Nelson is, is kind of hamming it up. I feel like, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just so disappointingly generic, and it's 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 to the point where it's you know you don't even need to really finish it to to really understand how it ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and again, it, it's it it is disappointing to me uh, because I, I feel like it's it's a good cast, and I feel yeah. like it's a good director who I think has you know has a lot of talent. And, uh, and, and, you know, again, it, you can't blame the story for being what it is, you know, the, right, the real right. life story, but, but it, it, it just, it's just so cookie cutter, um, you know, like, again, like it was written by an AI who's seen a bunch of like courtroom <laughs> dramas around racial tension and, uh, and just, it's sort of a low energy movie too. Like it just, it just never jumps. It never quite jumps off of the screen in any way. But again, it, I'm sort of where I'm at with 1917, where I, I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, I think that it's fine, but you know that's about the most I can say for it. So, so what's your grade for this? Well, you know, I was going to give it a B minus, but I feel bad giving it the same grade as 1917 because it is because 1917 is a better movie. So I might say C plus. Uh, I mean, I, I'm still going to go B minus. I think it's not. I mean, I. I I can't say that it's bad, and I can't say that I don't recommend it. But just be aware that you've seen it. You know, you you you've seen it before, and it, and I, I think it's um, you know, it's got some decent performances. I mean, Michael B. Jordan, I'll I'll always watch, but um, yeah, I, I can't I can't say don't recommend it. So B yeah, for I'll me. I'll go B minus too because that's why I just looked up my history and I gave it a B minus to when I was in conversation. So I'll I'll keep it <laughs> there. But but again, it's it is. F- aggressively fine (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right well that's gonna do it for this week next week we are in the real shit show of uh of january Mm -hmm. cody um doolittle is being released yep um i've seen it already not allowed to talk about it yeah (laughs) until wednesday but uh but you're going to see it, right? I will see it, and I'll see Bad Boys for Life as well. Yeah, uh, that too. That's that one. I've got a little bit more hope for because it's the the first two aren't, um, you know, they're not great cinema anyway. So yeah, and How then much worse I, could it get? And then I think uh, I would like to talk to you, assuming you can see it. About uh, VHS is another one I'd like to cover. Oh yeah, yeah, week. yeah. I need to I need to get on that one. Uh, but yeah, um, this is you know, it's never a. A big budget studio movie with high profile stars in the dead of January is never a good sign. No, and I'm a little afraid because I just saw that Bad Boys for Life is over two hours long. God damn it! It's At least two hours Doolittle, and three minutes. Doolittle was uh, like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I can't I can't say anymore. But I mean, we'll talk plenty about it. You you've all seen the trailers, so you know. <laughs> so we know how good it looks. Yeah, you know it's. Uh, I, you know what? One thing I I I wonder about Doolittle, and this is this is nothing to do with the movie itself. I mean, what 
Why did Robert Downey Jr. want to stop being Tony Stark? I mean, I don't what? know. I mean, he made untold millions of dollars doing that, playing that role. And if he if he go like he just does something like like a lateral move to to do little, like even even you know ignoring whatever the quality of the movie might be, I, I can't tell you. It's still just the same fucking thing. Right. Well, and also, I mean, wasn't this like a super big like passion project for him? Oh, I don't know. Or maybe not. Because I know that there was some movie that he's been trying to get off the ground that, and maybe it wasn't this. Maybe this was just some studio thing they put him into. I have no idea. But I mean, it it, it seems like a weird thing to me. Like, if you're going to, if you're going to quit being the thing that, you know, that you were making millions and millions of dollars on and just to do the same thing, but different. I don't, I don't understand. Unless it's just truly tired of it, but yeah, I mean, uh, and and especially with a movie that, um, you know, like he can do whatever he wants. You know, he's the, he's the, he's the second high. I'm just looking this up. He's the second highest grossing box office star of all time. Like the guy can do whatever he wants, <laughs> and to kind of to 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 have him lock this in as his first post Avengers thing. But he, I mean, he does this regularly. I mean, there was he's made some bad choices, um, like poor, some very poorly reviewed movies in between during that time. Like the what was that movie he did with? Um, uh, th- was it the Judge or whatever it was called? Oh yeah, yeah, that that really tanked. Um, I think it was called the Judge. Didn't it have Robert Duvall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he did that during the times. I don't, I don't particularly think that those. Um, I mean, again, but that's all, again, he, that's all he did, you know, from, from 20, I mean, again, if you, if you want to look at it from that way, from 2015 to 2020, the only thing he did were, you know, Marvel movies. So like, like, don't you think he wants to do something like interesting or that's what I mean? That's what I mean. Like you, you, you're quitting these Marvel movies and you're just doing the same thing. Like you're doing this like special effects, big budget, uh, you know, family film for whatever it's worth. Did I mean, uh, he hasn't really done anything of note. Like that's, that's gotten a lot of buzz. I think other than, uh, other than the Iron Man stuff uh, since Tropic, Tropic Thunder, Thunder. Yeah. He got an Oscar nomination for that, right? Or am I, he did. That up? No, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's, then that's really about it. And that was the same year that Iron Man came out. Was right, Tropic right. Thunder, but then like the next year he did the Soloist, was it, which I think was an Oscar sort of swing and a miss, and oh, then yeah, the J. Sherlock Fox, Holmes yeah. movies, which I don't know how there's multiple of those. I was okay with those, uh, but again, that's a lateral move. And then of course, Oscar nominated uh, director uh, Todd Phillips uh, did Due Date. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually liked that movie. I don't think it's that bad. It's it's uh, pretty decent. What's the what's the uh, um the uh the the name the fake name that uh Ethan Tremblay Ethan Tremblay and I, I just I just keep thinking of uh like Jacob Tremblay <laughs> but yeah his, what is his real name like Ethan, Ethan Chase like, Ethan Chase yeah I actually like that movie um but yeah I, I don't I don't get it I don't get what Robert Downey Jr. is doing but whatever uh, anyway, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at net find us on Twitter at cinestop Facebook Cinestop Critic um you know 
whatever else. We got that other podcast, ReMCU, that we haven't started back up yet. Mm-hmm. We've we're been going, threatening to. We're going to someday. You can go listen to our thoughts on Iron Man and Iron Man 2, uh, which, of course, star Robert Downey Jr., who we just talked about. And he's also got a little cameo in The Incredible Hulk. A very little cameo. Yeah. That makes no sense. All right. Uh, on that note, I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.